0: Hi, everybody. It's Jack Graham, uh, along with my co-podcaster, John Peterson, down in Portland, Oregon. Good morning, John. Morning, Uh, Jack. Happy rainy day today. Yeah, here's that rainy day. I think that's an E-flat, if I remember right. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) But it is raining, and that's why it's green. But at any rate, we're here this morning with, um, (laughs) you know, we want to make a list of of people that, you know, as workshop, predominantly workshop leaders, some most of the people we have on that do workshops, we we either talk to them on podcasts or we run into them on the field. Rarely do we see anybody, you know, for dinner or anything. It's usually in the field. And Richard Barnaby is one of them. And I think, Richard, the last time I saw you was in the Smokies a year or two
1: ago in the spring i think we were staying at the same hotel if i remember right i think that's correct i've also ran into you uh in iceland once yeah yeah on the beach yeah <laughs> i remember that Was i think in the that... water
0: no 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 i stay out of the water in iceland it's damn cold <laughs> but uh you know i i really miss iceland do you still go back there richard
1: I was there in September, just on my own, just kind yeah. of driving around the island. It was my 23rd visit to Iceland.
0: Wow, wow, well, you got me beat. But anyway, it's great to have you. Um, you're one of the people that we've had on the list that we've been trying to track down. But you know, um, once once the season kicks in, and it's just about kicking in, it's really hard sometimes. With travel schedules, but thank you so much for being here, um, and 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 uh, it's, it's an honor to have have you here with us. Um, my pleasure,
1: my pleasure. Thanks
0: for those of you who don't know Richard. I, you know Richard just just I, I know a lot of us feel some of us don't, but a lot of us feel kind of um, weird talking about ourselves. But can you just tell the audience just a little bit about? Your background and and kind of what you do and maybe what you're looking forward to doing.
1: Okay, well I am a, I am a professional wildlife travel photographer, nature photographer, landscape photographer. I have been well, I'm going on my 20th year as a full time pro. that was January of 2003 when I took that great leap into the unknown, and I wasn't quite sure you know where it was going to take me, but I like a good mystery. Mm-hmm. And here I am, twenty minutes, uh, twenty twenty years later, and still going strong. So um, I guess it would be maybe one of the best decisions I made in my life is getting out of that corporate grind and and pursuing my passion, which is um, photography. Pretty scary, isn't it? It was at the moment. You know, at the time, I I just decided I would give myself two years to see if I could be in the black and I could stand on my own two feet. And after two years, I wasn't quite there, but I could see the momentum I w- you know, and I could see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And um I stuck with it. Every time I thought maybe this is gonna be it and maybe I need to uh, take care of a family, something would break and something would happen and that would build onto something else and build on something else. And um yeah, it just uh, it all worked out. So yeah, I've done a lot of of uh, magazine work early on and then started doing photography workshops and writing and uh, some books and calendars and I've done a little bit of everything in this business. And um, I was a a, a contributing editor for Popular Photography Magazine for about seven years. I was uh, editor-in-chief over at the old NPN, naturephotographers.net, I think 2007 to two thousand I remember
0: those days.
1: Yeah, those those days. And uh, currently I am... I'm doing my workshops with Munch workshops. I've kind of given up my own uh, personal business and that end to free up some time to do other parts, to grow the parts of my business and um, started a podcast and doing some writing and, and some other uh, things. <laughs> we'll yeah. get into.
0: Plus, You don't have to sit there and do park permits.
1: No, I just show up and do what I do, which is I love, and and I love to teach. I love, I love being outdoors. I love teaching. I love doing photography. And so, yeah. That freed up a lot of time to build other parts of my business, and yeah. um, that was a good decision as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's so good. And and, uh, and Mark Mark's a great person, and uh, runs a great operation. And uh, you know, he spent just spent a week with him in
1: Death Valley. Just got back Saturday.
0: Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people were in Death Valley this year. Um, sure, felt like it. Everybody uh, I know was down there. Everybody,
1: everybody was there. It was quite busy, and I guess that means we're getting back to normal, or pretty close to it.
0: Well, I don't know if you get back to normal in Death Valley when you pay ten dollars a gallon for fuel. So, <laughs> but nine ninety nine you know, to be precise. Yeah, it's always been about three times what regular gas is, but now it's crazy. Um, yeah, I you know. It, it, Getting out of the corporate thing, uh, you know, uh, it, it, so you got into this. Was the Internet really in its glory when you got into in, in, into, into the photography end of your life?
1: I don't know about its glory. Um, yeah, I think I, you I, were just about on the beginning of it. Yeah, I, I created my own website in 1999, so yeah. I, was, I was, wasn't a full pro yet. Yeah. Same and I did was, my first yeah. workshop in the Smoky Mountains in 1999. Yeah, yeah. 2003, the internet was coming along pretty well, and but it was it was difficult to to fully utilize it yet. It wasn't until, I guess they consider Web 2 came along, where you had social media, Twitter came along, Facebook. Yep. Um, you know, NPN was a big part of... You know, NPN was gathering. huge.
0: You know, they're still going. I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm, I actually belong to them, but I don't have all the time to really play around with it but there were some great photographers on naturephotographers.net back in the heyday boy i mean there there was some
1: some really really uh, it was a who's who you know i mean it was that was the meeting place and again that was before social media came along yeah and i think the fragmentation of all that with 500px and particularly social media um where people wanted to get their 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 work their their workout in front of uh, other photographers or potential clients or whatever I mean yeah. consider the people on NPN yeah. uh, found better avenues and it wasn't yeah. Uh, yeah. controlled by sure. NPN well,
2: so that that, that
1: the, was really the decline of of that site I think was the advent of social media no doubt
2: yeah and and since then I think we still uh, bounce around between different platforms trying to figure out where that next one's going to be. There's, there's, you know, everybody was on Instagram for a while now Twitter and, and it's just, uh, that that's the thing I miss about NPN is that there was this one place. I think Flickr was next sort of after that. Right. And then everything just to, to use your word, Richard, everything just fragmented.
1: Yeah. So there's that, that community any longer, everybody's kind of going their own way they have their own audiences. They they have their own segments. And I do kind of miss where we all had this one gathering place, this whole watering hole, to share images and information. And there was a lot it of good great. camaraderie. It was it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, and I remember we even had early days of meetup groups. We had local um, – I remember we had a local group here in the Pacific Northwest, NPN Group. And yep.
2: It was, uh, it was good, but you know, ev- not everything
1: changes. So yep. got a sure. roll
2: with the changes. Get a roll. It does. Hey, I wanted to touch real quick on uh, Richard. One of the things I admire about you is you do a lot of travel and uh, uh, to a lot of different areas, not just domestically. I think before the, before the podcast started, we were talking, I think you're leaving for Morocco this weekend, but uh, it seems like you've been all over the world.
1: I have, I, um, counted one day and it was over 60 countries Wow! and some of some of that was, um, doing some assignment work. Someone was just either workshops or scouting for workshops and some were just, you know, out of curiosity, I wanted to go visit on my own and I did. So that was, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, obviously that's been curtailed since about February of 2020. But I think, uh, I feel the momentum coming back where we're going to be able to do more traveling. Yeah.
2: I think so. Yeah, yeah. What's, your, what's your what's your favorite sort of environment? Is it the is it the winter, you know, Antarctic, Arctic kind of thing, or more of the hot desert?
1: I, I don't like humid places, and that may sound ironic, uh, someone who's currently in South Carolina. Yeah. So I tend to gravitate to cooler places or the de- at least the deserts where it's not as as humid. I can I can handle a little bit of heat if it's not just sweating and um, that you know, the, probably my worst environment or the least favorite environment would be like the rainforest. And I've been to, you know, Brazil and the, the, the Tempopata area of Peru and, and Central America and Costa Rica and Nicaragua. And those places are probably my least favorite where um, you just wake up and it's a stifling heat and you're sweating before 10 AM. You're already done. I mean, it's, yeah, those are my least favorite. So I, I am kind of drawn to some of the Arctic environments and, and, I've made four trips to Antarctica, and I have hopefully have two trips going there this year. Oh. So I I tend to, you know, I can always I can always get warm, but when you're when it's hot and there's just very little you can do, particularly in, you know, third world countries. I, I don't use like using that word, but developing countries where air conditioning is not uh, prevalent, I can't get cooled down, but you can always get warm.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm so well, jealous of. Uh, you you heading off to antarctic that's been on my bucket list for a while now and uh, a very special place for sure it
1: is yeah
0: you know i, I remember um jeez i i haven't been in iceland now in about well in about 2 years because of this situation but i think i'm going to get back to go actually miss iceland and greenland and 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 you know the that arctic Norway. And uh, somebody once left a note on my Facebook side. I don't know who they were and their comment was don't you go anywhere that's warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, you know it's it, it's it, it it's a that environment it, it's kind of like this it's to me it's kind of like the desert in the southwest even though they're completely opposite in terms of climate but they're addicting, you know that It's just a, it's just a amazing place, and everywhere you turn, you know, there's, it's this beauty, and I really miss it, so I'm anxious to get back.
1: So that being said, I did do a trip to the Yukon in January, and when I arrived at Whitehorse, it was minus 42. Wow. It warmed up to a balmy minus six by the time I left, but you know, there are extremes, or there are um, limits to my love of cold weather.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. yeah well we
1: do the we do the Tetons in December, and
0: we had one year out there that it it was in the morning it was thirty one below in fact i've got a photograph of one of my clients' his cable release was frozen in the shape of an l <laughs> the rubber froze but you know you if you could you're right you can stay warm it, it's you know you could it, it's hard to cool off in those crazy hot humid things. It I, is,
2: you know, with the, with the right, right equipment. I mean, it's being out in the winter is an amazing, wonderful experience. I'm, I, I like you to gravitate towards the, uh, colder extremes of things. And I, I love being out in the winter.
1: And then people i will say that in an interview or just in general conversation. And people yeah. say, well, will you go to Africa so often? Um, I've been to, I think 10 or 12 countries in Africa, but it's, um, I don't like the you know the, the middle of the country where it's you know hot and humid, but East Africa, like Kenya and Tanzania, um, it's it's drier. he heat did, do get is drier. But even in Kenya, because of the elevation, every day is about the same. It's lows in the 50s, highs in the 70s, lows humi- low humidity, chance of rain in the afternoon. It's absolutely perfect. You have a jacket on in the morning, by the afternoon you've taken it off, and it's uh, uh, the air feels good on your on your bare um, uh, arms. At, i that's addicting, too. I, lo- I love going to Africa. It's one of my favorite uh, shooting locations. So you're
0: now in South Carolina. And, and I am. That's a, that's am. a
1: beautiful area. Um,
0: in fact, I'm going to be down. I've got a group going to uh, Old Car City and a couple of the other areas here in a couple of weeks. And then we'll be in the Smokies uh, uh, the very first week of April. So. And I think you're going to be out there at the end of April, correct, with the uh, Chicago uh, group?
1: I was invited to speak with the Chicago group, unfortunately, um, I'm actually leading a workshop with Munich Workshops the last week of April, first week of May, uh, and I had to decline. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, at any rate, what
0: uh, Richard? In today's uh, in your in your in your in your everyday uh, photographic life today. What, what you know? A lot of people, you know, we get. I get a lot of uh, emails from people that ask, you know, how, how do you, how do you, how do you manage to make a living in this business? And, uh, you know, I I, I always want to be positive with people because I, I think that, you know, a lot of people say, well, how, how can you do this? How, you can't make a living in this business. And I, I mean, I think you can, if you do it right. Do you get that? I mean, what, how do you answer that question when somebody asks you
1: that? Cause I know they do. Yeah. I, I wouldn't first of all, if someone wanted to do this and this is their passion, I wouldn't discourage anybody from doing it. But it's it it's not like and and I had a recent conversation with Rick Sam, and he's been doing it longer than I have. And we both commented on how the industry has changed and that you can't just be a good photographer any longer and be a professional and make a living. That you have to possess a very broad skill set. And do many things well. You have to be a good photographer. You have to be a good teacher. You have to be a good communicator, a good writer, a good business person, a good promoter, a marketer. I can go down a list of the different skill set, the skill set you must possess to yeah. just just barely make it. And then you right. have to succeed in, you know, four or five of those areas. And no, it's not easy. But then again, you know, the changes I've seen in 20 years and you've seen the same, who knows what the next 20 years can get. It may swing back another way to where it's even easier. I don't, I don't, who knows? Well, you know, if you remember, you know, when
0: nine eleven happened, it took, I, I'm going to tell you, it took two, two, two to three years to come back to to what, you know, the workshop is, could, could come back to where it was It was good. And then when the crash happened, um, I guess in 07, 08, you know, it wasn't as bad as nine eleven, but it took a year or two to come back. So I think this is going to take it. I think, I think by twenty four, hopefully, I think we'll know where we stand. You know, right now I, I, I still have a lot of people who are a little hesitant to
1: travel, but that's it's changing. You know, it's changing every really every every month. And I would hopefully. I would suggest that people who want to get into this is to learn how how to write. Um, that sounds, you know contradictory to you know being a photographer be a good writer but yeah if i were to do it over again i would have taken more creative writing classes in college or at least <clears throat> trained to be a better writer or at least be able to write well with a shorter period of time than i do now yeah. because you're you you're constantly in this economy of that we work in it's we're creating content all the time yeah and you have to be able to write for magazines. You have to be able to write a blog, any kind of content to um, to promote your 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 photos and promote yourself. is Disability. helpful. And, and so if you're not a good writer or you struggle at writing, it, I think it makes what we do a lot difficult, more difficult. And that would be my first bit of advice to someone who's looking to get into this business is take writing seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Y- y- you've got this you're starting to do a podcast um well let's tell everybody about that because you know it's a funny thing richard we didn't really talk about this but um we're when john and i have been doing this podcast now for close to three years and it's if you look down the roster people that we've had on you know it's a it's a who's who you know of uh of, of photographers and you know we're we're uh you know, we don't mind promoting other people. In fact, that's why we do it. Um, So tell everybody about what you're doing with your podcast and, and maybe what you're
1: doing um, workshop wise and where you're off to. Okay. All right. So first the podcast, Um, I never gave podcasting a second thought. I've been a guest to many, many uh, podcasts and I've always enjoyed having these type of conversations we're having now. And, but I never gave a thought to actually doing it myself. I just didn't feel like I had the time or the energy to uh to learn something new and uh and, and devote to something that was that I was unfamiliar with. So then uh last fall I was invited to be a guest on Anthony Scaramucci's <laughs> podcast. No yeah. Um I, I noticed that he had followed me on Twitter and um I followed him back and uh, I got a, a a, an email from a woman for this company said he wants you on the to, to interview on his podcast. And I said, well, that's unusual, but I'll, I accepted. And we had a real good conversation about photography in general and travel and some other things. And I left it at that. And uh, a few days later, um, I received another email saying, Hey, look, you know, that was a segment went exceedingly well. Would you be interested in hosting your own podcast? And this is from a company in the UK. They produce podcasts and Said so we will handle everything. We we do all the production. We we book the guests. We write scripts. We oh, do geez. research. We do the you know monetization. We handle everything, and all you have to do is just be yourself and share you know share this on your social media channels and whatever it may be. And we think there's a there's an opening in this this genre. Um, there's there's a lot of podcasts out there, but we think you know maybe we could try doing something different. And so I gave it some thought. And I decided that if I were to do this, I would want to do something different. I, I don't want to just, you know, just interview photographers. I don't want to just do gear. So I decided um, I was going to do a podcast. It was going to be um, basically a photography podcast. But if you thought, or if you looked at the podcast as a wheel, the photography would be at the center of it, like the hub. And it's all these little spokes going out would be other topics that are related to photography, but not necessarily a straight photography website. So, I would – I want to interview and talk to people or even just me up here riffing by myself on subjects like the, the, the science and the art of creativity, uh, travel, technology, uh, even getting to NFTs and that type, type of technology, wildlife conservation, things that interest me. And I would bring on experts and they would help use the, the influence they have to bring in these guests. We would talk about topics that are not necessarily – all about photography, but things that photographers might be interested in, and maybe even a wider audience. So, for example, I, I've, I've uh, my first episode that's already dropped was Rick Salmon. Okay, that was a straight photography interview. Next was my friend Jerry Greer, who runs a uh, Mountain Trail Press, a publishing... We've Jerry on here. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about, you know, if you wanted to self-publish, you know, what are some of the mistakes, which avenues you should take, what not to do, what to do. And then I have, uh, coming up, Um, the the president of the Rocky Mountain Wolf Foundation, talk about the wolves of of the Yellowstone area. And then I have a travel writer for USA Today about travel hacks with, you know, travel coming back in 2023 and 2022. And let's see, a storm chasing photographer for National Geographic and an expert on creativity uh, who wrote a book called The Myths of Creativity and how we can apply that to photography. So, just to give you the general idea, I, I wanted to increase the scope, which is why I gave it the name Beyond the Lens, so it's not just photography, it's it's issues that, topics that may turn some people off They say, well, I'm not interested in the walls of Yellowstone, so I'm not going to listen to this one, but they're all going to be one-on-one interviews done really in-depth, a lot of research, ask really probing questions, and hopefully people can learn things about these these topics that the way I describe it is people that who I would pay myself to have, sit down and have dinner with and, and just satiate my own curiosity. And that's how I'm going to approach it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good way to be. You know, John and I are much the same. We don't deal with gear on this podcast mm-hmm. and, um, we're pretty, uh, and, and Richard, I'm glad you're here. And, and, and I'm, i really mean this. We're really picky on who we have. Um, and we've had people who are not household names, um, mm-hmm but are great photographers and 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 do great work and are super creative and uh you know I, I think we i think there's always room for that and i wish you a lot of success i think you're going to be quite
1: good at it and yes. uh, yeah it well, sounds fascinating I said, I said that as long as it was fun i'd keep doing it if if uh you know Somewhere down the road, we can, it's monetized and it's, we can make money off this. That's even better. But if I'm just not interested, then that's when I'll probably give it up. So as long as it's people that I'm curious about and want to talk to and I can satiate my own curiosity and ask as if I were asking them sitting across the table at dinner and just wanted to pick their brain because I'm just a curious person, I'm going to put you like that. If it ever yeah. becomes a chore, if it ever becomes I'm kind of going through the motion, then that's when I just give it up. So yeah, we're all we'll learning, you know, we all learn from this stuff. So well, I
2: th- I think kind of going back to one of our conversations we had before the before the program started, I th- we were talking about how is there a is there a, a, a synergy between music and photography and we kind of settled on the the uh, you know people that are creative or have creative desires um you know they can be musicians, photographers, creative writers, whatever it may be and i think a lot of people in this business are just even hobbyists you know photographers there's a there's a natural curiosity there's a learning and i think offering up a lot of different content richard is a is a heck of a great idea cuz i you know i shit I'll listen to travel hacks and wolf conservation and all that stuff is kind of interesting cuz it's stuff i don't know about and it's related to something that i'm very passionate about so i think you got a good angle going on there
0: yeah, you know, I, I, again, John and I have talked about this. It it's just there are a lot of podcasts out there that, you know, it's the same stuff. You know, it's like, well, who's your favorite photographer? I'm, you know, I mean, you know, there's so much more that we could be doing, and I don't know. I, I'm glad you're doing that because I think that the world needs. Uh, and we'll we'll get John. John's the technical genius behind this podcast Uh, so john's going to put up some show notes so we'll make sure we get a link to your stuff down there
1: yeah i I just have more people who listen to our podcast they'll probably listen to yours too (laughs) i have a pretty um sizable following on twitter and i kind of a lot of them are you know conservation oriented a lot of them are travelers a lot of them or interested in you know tech, you know the latest tech this and tech that. I don't want really want to talk much about gear. I think that's somewhat yeah. boring myself. Yeah. But you know with like what's coming next? You know if it with whether it's AI or VR, just getting into just all these ancillary topics that we as photographers are interested in, or even entrepreneurship. I mean I I want to bring on people that can help even teach about business because all of us there's very few photographers now that are employed by some organization or a staff photographer, we're all running our own business. Unfortunately, there's so many good photographers who don't know how to run a business and are failing or have failed. Yep. Even though they have everything else it takes. So let's get people on that are, that are experts in entrepreneurship. too. To and there's a lot,
0: it's a lot more to learn now than when you and I were getting in right. this business. I mean, I, can you imagine? I mean, I was telling John and a couple other people recently, I was remembering how I used to try to um, be a workshop leader before
1: the internet. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, and if you were doing workshops back in 20, uh, 2001 at 9 yeah. 11, yeah. that's really before the golden age of workshops. Yeah. That's before the digital, you know, we call about the digital revolution where yeah. photography was democratized and it was social media and. You know, photographer. You know, when you look at it one way, you say, "Well, it's every, you can't. It's hard to make a living as a photographer these days. Everybody's a photographer." Blah, blah, blah. But when you think about the fact that there are more photographers now living on this planet than ever before, as far as people who do photography in one form or another, you see there's a, a tremendous opportunity out there for those who are willing to go for it. And that's why I would never discourage anyone from from. This is your passion. This is your dream. Absolutely go after it, but go in wide o- eyes wide open. It's a business, number one. And number two, it's going to take a lot more than being a good to photographer to be successful.
0: Yeah.
2: Agreed. Hey, can I uh, just pivot a little bit and talk about, uh, r- r- just talk about some of your wildlife photography, Richard? Because yeah. you have, a, you have a, a, an incredible ability to capture uh, wildlife moments. And uh, was that something that you started out wanting to do?
1: I mean, I, I've always I had this, I guess, desire to do wildlife photography. When I started photography, I didn't have a large bankroll. I mean, I was basically – I had a, saved a little bit of money in my previous job. I was It was kind of a strategic walkout. I knew it was going to happen, so I prepared myself and paid down all my debt or any credit cards and had a little bit of money but not much to get me through, hopefully, you know, sitting on my t- t- uh, two feet in, in, uh, in a couple of years. But – the gear that was required to do wildlife photography was a bit out of my reach mm-hmm. as far as budget wise starting yeah. out. So that's why, um, people ask about landscape photography, I always say that, you know, you can, there's, there's very little entry cost to get into it, a kit lens and a tripod and, and, you know, the camera and you're off the, you know, on the races, but wildlife photography requires some, you know, spending a lot of money on good lenses and good glass and big glass and all that. So, the barriers of entry was a little too steep for me at that time, but I always had an interest in it. And so, when I had the opportunity to start buying better gear and, and, and uh, big big glass and traveling to Africa and Antarctica and some of these other places, I embraced it. And now it's probably my favorite genre. And if I could do, if I could do six trips a year to Africa, and nothing else, and do my other business stuff here, I would. I could easily build a business model around that. Um, Antarctica, maybe Alaska too. And I would be happy with that. And it's not that I dislike landscape. It's just that I feel like I've connected more on that genre than others. And I, I really kind of recoil a little at what I see in today's landscape photography. Um, and just the stylistic approach to landscape photography. And I just don't really don't want any part of that. So I'm happy to teach what I know about landscape. That's what I kind of started in. But... I like the more um, the natural you don't you don't see those same stylistic effects with wildlife photography. It's tr- it's more about it's more about, you know, um, light and composition and gesture and emotional engagement and not, you know, how, you know, what kind of Photoshop jockey you are. Um, that that's kind of all turns me off a little bit. So I it's, find myself yeah. going to Africa at least two or three times a year.
2: That's awesome. Well, your your that connection that you have in that in that genre, I think, really comes through in a lot of your images. And you know, when a when a photographer is really passionate about a particular topic or genre, I think it's I I think it comes through in their work. It should. Yeah, it should should. exactly because
1: uh, you're sharing a bit of your. That's that's being any kind of artist or any kind of uh, you're creative. You're sharing a bit of yourself you're sharing something that's that meaningful to you. And if you're ambivalent about a subject, your images will show it.
0: You know what we've learned to do, Richard, those of us that have been around and have survived for these years in this business. I think that we've learned to feed off our experiences, not, not off our ability to make a good photograph. And I think that, if you're successful um you know it's the it's the experiences it's the it's it's getting to see what we get to see that generates the end product which is what people see that's the photograph but
2: um I'd, i'd even take a take that a little bit different jack and and say that uh you know we teach a lot about slowing down and and to, to frame that another way it's being really connected to your subject uh, whether right. it's an animal or a or a, a wild or a landscape scene and when you slow down and and get in tune with yourself and with your subject um you build that connective experience and i think that's what that's what and then and then you try to capture that in your photograph and i think that uh that's a really powerful technique
1: i'm often asked uh and in- you know, forums like this, you know, what is your most, what's your proudest achievement, uh, during your career? And I'm not kidding when I say this, I'm not being, uh, just funny when I say this, but my, my greatest achievement, at least the way I see it is that I've never photographed anyone's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I've never gotten to that desperation. I've never gotten that desperate. and, And I declined. I had many opportunities First part where I could have used that money, you know, a few thousand dollars for a weekend's uh, worth of work when I was really struggling and just really kind of making it and trying to pick myself. I could have easily done it. And I purposely always said no because, A, I just quit a job where I was doing things just for the money. And that's exactly what I'd be doing with a wedding, shooting a wedding. So I've I've stayed fairly disciplined and focused on only – expressing and showing and, and photographing things that i have a personal passion about if i don't i don't touch it and you know, even so, even though the money was there I, I if somebody's baby and i photograph my own baby i'm not photographing someone else's baby i just don't care <laughs> i do <don't, laughs> if i went to did a wedding i would wouldn't want to be there i'd be looking at my watch when is this thing over these people are annoying i don't want to be here I, and you c- could never
0: make anybody happy
1: well, that's beside the point. I just don't want to do it, and so, so, so I turned it down at least four or five of them, That I, and that was money I could really could have used. So Tony, would, Sweet's,
0: Tony Sweet I, sends me this cartoon once, Richard. And it's a cartoon, and Dr. Kavorki is sitting at a, at a table, and some guy walks up to Kavorki and says, I want you to devise a long, slow, pronounced death. Gabor says that's easy be a wedding photographer
1: <laughs> but but there are people who do it and they do it well and they're passionate about it and yeah. they love the pomp and circumstance and the celebration and god love them i mean yep. i have ultimate respect for them i'm just not that person I agree. so I, we all need to find what turns us on and that's what that's where you focus your lens on not not doing it for the money. If you do what you're passionate about, that's the work that's going to be uh, resonate with people, connect with people, and you're going to be happy. You're that's the best way. And then, so I'm not being flippant at all when I say that my, my proudest accomplishment is I never photograph someone's wedding because I've never photographed anyone's wedding. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's something to be proud of. As for something,
0: yeah, as far as yeah
2: I'm I can't yeah. say that I've unfortunately done one, and it was miserable. And I can imagine I, I did it as a favor to a friend, not not even for the money. It was just a favor, and uh, never again.
0: You know, when uh, John and I do, we we do a number of workshops together and and on our own, and um, we we both uh, use a um, quote out of a book that everybody should read. I'm sure you've read it, called "Art in Fear." Mm-hmm. and uh the quote in there is don't worry about getting rich and famous, get good, get right. really
1: good at what you do and and, and be being passion- rich or whether well, i don't know being famous may be overrated, but at least being rich isn't, but that yeah. will be a byproduct of doing what you love exactly exactly mm-hmm. exactly
0: mm-hmm. So, ongoing. Um, you've, you're heading to Morocco, and then you you're only you're only doing about three or four more trips. I mean, this is good and bad. That's good for you. Bad that I won't run into you. So, yeah,
1: actually, um, that might be good for you. I have to balance it out. I can't be on the road all the time. I have I have other business interests that I have to be, um, you know maintained but I am doing Morocco and then I'll be spending some a little bit of time in London my, my daughter goes to school there
0: mm-hmm. And
1: then I have uh the Smoky Mountains which I'll be it's like the back of my hand that's uh late April and I think I have um Galapagos, Galapagos mm-hmm. and then Namibia mm-hmm. and then um a couple Antarctica trips one is the Falklands South Georgia Antarctica that's 23 days
2: Wow.
1: and the one just the Antarctic Peninsula that's pretty much my my at least my workshop schedule if i could slip in maybe a um a personal trip out to africa or something like that i'm gonna try to swing it
0: yeah well i'll tell you what i i used to run 24 25 workshops a year and i cut back to doing about 10 events a year eight nine ten events a year because there's things That's... i want to do and and it's time and you know it's okay And I think, you know, looking at what you're doing, I'm not saying you're, you're doing it for the same reason, but I think, I don't know. I I think you'll appreciate what you're doing instead of, you know, doing something, coming home, unpacking, going somewhere else, unpacking, going somewhere else. It it gets, it gets, uh, it gets real old after 20 something years, you know?
1: Well, even, you know, in 2000 where we're all stuck at home and I think we're all just dying to get out and travel. I knew that when I, when I, when things got back to normal, I wanted to moderate, you know, how many trips I did a year and how much I was traveling. And I want to see, there's two things. I want to see a new place at least once a year. You know, I like going to some, some old places like, like Iceland to my 23rd trip back in, uh, in uh, September. But every year I want to at least visit some place I've never been before. So if I can keep that going and doing just enough trips uh, to, to connected to um, these young photographers, I love to teach, but I still want to spend enough time here in the office because any good photographer knows this is this is where you really make your your money. This is where you make your living. It's in the office. Got that right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I remember this, and this is pre-internet. Um, John Shaw, one of the first things he said to me when. I told him that I was moving out of moving, moving into this photography and the life. He said, you're going to spend more time in your office than you do in the field. And that's just be prepared. And you know what? It's okay. And I enjoy that. You
1: know, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. It's just, um, it's part of, part of what we do. Yeah.
2: Just need a healthy balance of both.
1: No, it's a business and it has to be, you have to approach it as a business. You have to treat it like a business. It's not just excuse to go out and, and, uh, yeah, you know, take photos all the time, which which is it's my passion, which I want to do as much as I can, obviously. But if you want to keep growing as a photographer as business, then you have to spend that time in, in the office as well.
0: John also said that prof. Don't forget that profit is what's left over after everything's paid for. <laughs> right, right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So That's true. Very, very true. So well, you true. know, at at some point, Richard, I I don't know if th- this is probably not the day to do it, but but I wanted to. Circle back with you and talk about uh, uh, the the current trends in landscape photography and why that doesn't appeal to you. I've, but I also don't want to open up a huge can of worms because uh, there, there's a definite trend that's been going on here the last year or so, and it's getting interesting.
1: Well, yeah. I, I'm I don't I'm not going to disparage anybody's work or any, yeah. anybody's style. It's just that it's not me. I don't really want to get into competition of you know who's Got better, you know, Photoshop or Lightroom talents or skills or software skills, and just uh, that's the trend, and that's where landscape photography's been going. And it's not a game I really want to play. Um, I love, you know, the experience of being out and photographing landscapes. It's for me, photography's always been about the experience and capturing experience and expressing that experience so that other people who see my images feel like they were having that experience also, and. When I see some of the the work, it's it's too disconnected from what I, at least I see and I experience out in the wild. So more people, more power to them. I'd say wherever the market goes, that's where it's going to go. I'm just not sure that I want to follow.
2: Yeah, Oh, no, go ahead, Jack.
0: I'm just going to say there's a. I always used to line there's a lot of uh, photographers, but not as many artists as we'd like
1: to see. No. So. Yeah. I, I just, like I said, I don't want to, I'm not disparaging anyone. It's uh it's an art form and well,
2: it's, the, well, the finished think,
1: product is, is the, is the bottom line and the public I think likes it. So I, who am I to say that um, this is wrong or this is right. It's just, it's just a personal, you no, know, a personal opinion. It's, it's a subjective thing.
2: Oh, it is. I, but, but, you know, I also think it's almost starting another sub genre of, of, I think it's been around for a while, but it's, uh, you know, there's photographic artists, and then there's digital artists based on photography. Right. I'm starting to see that dichotomy between the two,
1: and you don't see that as much in in um, in wildlife. I'm not, no. I'm, I'm, so, to me, it's about you know the capturing a, a an experience and then expressing that experience, and um, to me, that some of the you know the stylistic you know, software <laughs> interpretations of some of those experiences feel too disconnected to me. And I may be, I, I'm i sure that I'm an outlier. I already know I'm an outlier. So maybe that's sort of pushed me over into the, the wildlife genre, a little stronger, perhaps.
0: I, I think you'd be surprised, Richard. There, I think there's a lot more of people who have been doing this as long as we have that have that feeling of what's what's the current trends are and again you're right it doesn't make anybody right or wrong um you know but you're i don't think you're alone i think there's a lot of no not a
2: bit a lot yeah. of us yeah you know?
0: well anyhow um john i i think um i think we should have richard back because i think there's a lot more that we need to talk to richard about Agreed. Uh, I apologize, Richard, for not having you on sooner. Um, oh,
1: it's but, not, a pl- not a problem. I'd be happy to come back.
0: You know, I, I wish you all the luck on your podcast. And again, John's going to get that listed on our show notes. And uh, I think you're going to be really successful with that. And, uh, and um, you know, it's it's a funny thing. There's always room in this business for a, a good good people that deliver good information. Because I think deep down we we're all, I mean we aren't trying to make a living on uh, doing what we're doing, but we we really care that the people we um, encounter
1: come away with something more than just a good photograph here and there. It's got to be fun. If it if so, it uh, the, the, the moment it ceases to be fun, I'll be doing something different. Yeah, but you but you won't be doing weddings. <laughs> never, you'll never see me at a wedding. Never. I, I, if uh, I told my friends, if you ever see me photographing a wedding, you know things have gotten really, really bad. <laughs> but I think I'd, I think I'd rather do almost anything uh, aside from that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, thank you, Richard. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today.
1: And thanks for having me on. I'll have to have you guys on my podcast, perhaps here in the future.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's fun.
0: You know, I just bought a little. I know we'll end this up. I just bought a little. John, you didn't even know this, but I just bought one of these uh, Zoom uh, H4 Pro little microphone systems to carry around with me when I'm out. And uh, you know, you never know who you run into that we could we could uh, you know get We're up on location, them. yeah, on location. So Richard, you be careful out there. It's good to hear you, and we'll get you back. And thank you again for being with us um folks richard barnaby um check out his website and his podcast that information will be on our show notes but for those of you who don't look at show notes richard uh, your last name is spelled capital b e r n a b e and Correct. it's is is it richardbarnabyphoto.com if i remember right it's just right? Uh,
1: it's, it's richardbarnaby.com
0: richardbarnaby.com
1: and right. your podcast is called Beyond the Lens. It's Beyond the Lens FM. FM. Hmm. Ah. And uh, and uh,
0: and I, I'm going to go check out that now because Rick is a hoot.
1: I, I can't wait to hear what you. Well, guys he's such a he's, a he's such a talker, and yeah. you can you <laughs> could point him in a particular direction, <laughs> and let him just let him go and let him go let him go, and till he tires out, and then yeah. Rick, are you done? Okay, next, Yeah. <laughs> next question yeah and yeah, he's entertaining no. and he's funny and he's uh, he's, he's humble he's uh, he's quite a guy he's great he's great well
0: Richard, thank you so much again and uh until next time um we talk photo dot com please do the whole bit with the like us and all of that and um if you have any suggestions or comments questions, we uh, have an email address it's uh, we talk photo with gmail.com shoot us a note and we'll try to find uh, find out anybody you'd like to have uh, see us have on or 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 do anything um that you may uh may suggest to us john anything on your end before we put a nail no sir
2: us? no sir it's been a wonderful morning okay folks we'll see you soon again